Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 196. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so, so excited for this episode. Like for reals this time. I mean it. This one's really, really good. I know that I shared with you a while back about my quest to take myself off of my acid reflux medication. And I know many of you have been wondering how that has been going. And really what has happened is this unexpected total life transformation. And that's exactly what I'm going to be telling you about today on this podcast. I cannot wait for you to listen to my conversation today with Betsy Jensen. She is the coach who's responsible for this big transformation that I've gone through over the last six months. And I mean, she's, she's amazing. I'll tell you the whole story. She'll introduce herself. You'll, you'll find out all about it. So I'm not even going to, you know, repeat it here. You can just start listening, but she is really a gem and she's, you know, I tell you the whole story of my whole progress throughout this, not only just stopping taking my acid reflux medication, but also getting myself off of all of the prescription medication and and uh, over-the-counter medication that I was taking, as well as healing myself from my chronic pain. I mean, when I say that, I feel like I'm you know, one of those people on like an infomercial, like trying to sell you something that's like a gimmick. <laughs> but I swear to you, it's like I almost wouldn't believe it either if it hadn't happened to me. So I can't wait to tell you the whole story. And Betsy will tell you exactly how what her work 
does to help someone who's struggling the way that I was. I am excited for you to learn about it just for your own knowledge. Maybe it's something that would help you or someone that you love, but also maybe for your patients, like you might have some patients that really struggle with some chronic issues and they might really benefit from understanding this this work that we're going to be talking about today. So can't wait for you to listen. It's a long one, but it's a good one. So make sure you listen to the end. And I bring to you my conversation with Betsy Jensen. I'll talk to you next week. Hi, Betsy. I'm so, so, so happy to have you on the podcast today. Oh, hey, Katrina. I'm so glad to be here. Okay, this is going to be a combination (laughs) of me kind of telling my story. And we're going to talk about how you completely just to help me change my whole entire life in the most amazing way. And we're going to, you know, dig into that more. But the first thing I want to do is just have you introduce yourself. So, so just tell us a little bit about you, your background and how you help people now. All right. So yeah, my name is Betsy Jensen and I am a physical therapist and a life coach. So physical therapy, I started about 20 years ago And even before that, I was always into the mind and self-help. I was a psychology major. And then I, you know, have been practicing physical therapy, but then through my own ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease, I kind of found this work integrating the mind and body. So it was fusing two things that I've always been super interested in. And it was interesting because my friend who was in DO school, when I was telling her when my ulcerative colitis was getting really bad, she said, that's a psychosomatic disorder. And I was like, my doctors never told me that. It's autoimmune. They told me that it was just something that happens a lot with women in their 30s and that it was probably genetic. And they just put me on medicine. But when she said that was psychosomatic, I started really kind of getting excited and then looking into it so much more and just really diving deeply into what else could be going on, what emotionally could be going on. And as of my last colonoscopy, I have no more active disease. Now I Are still you on do any have some medication. I'm off the medicine completely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's interesting. I do notice sometimes I kind of have some symptoms here and there. And instead of thinking of what did I eat or what could be causing it physically, I think now this is a sign from my body to recalibrate. It's almost like my barometer or like a gauge of you're getting a little too stressed. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. For me, I think it had a lot to do with perfectionism, people pleasing. And so it keeps me in check. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So those symptoms are kind of like, yeah, that measure of like, what I like to say is like the canary in the coal mine, right? It's like, hey, you right. should look here. This is just like what we say with emotional eating. When you find yourself, you know, trolling the pantry, it's not like, oh, it's because you bought too many good snacks, right? Yes. <laughs> right? You should yes. have bought, brought that stuff in the house. It's like, what else is going on for me emotionally that's driving me to go and eat this stuff for you? It's like, I'm getting these symptoms. What's going on for me emotionally? And you're able to keep it in check in that way. Yeah. yeah. And that's now what you help people with is kinds of chronic pain issues and chronic health issues. Right. Yeah. Because as a physical therapist, I mean, I never even really thought about becoming a life coach. I already had a career. I wasn't ever thinking like, oh, I need to do something, you know, but I was so passionate about the work that I was finding out. And when I saw so many of my patients you know, not everyone has chronic pain or chronic illness, but those people, you know, that just keep coming back and no matter what surgery they get, 
they don't seem to get better or one shoulder gets better and then the next shoulder hurts the next month. Those are the people that would just perplex me and just like keep me up at night. Like, how can I help these people more? And now that I found this work, it just ties it all together beautifully. And I just became so passionate about it. I had such a hard time, you know, not bringing it up to people. So I figured if I'm talking about it all the time, I could literally talk about it all day to people if they would listen then I'm just going to go ahead and start coaching on it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to just now kind of tell my story because, you know, I, I told everyone on the podcast that it was my goal for 2020, one of my big goals, but really my top goal was to get off of the proton pump inhibitor that I had been taking for acid reflux for, I thought it was 20 years. It's actually 21 years. I was put on it in medical school. And at the time, the kind of the thought was like, you can just take this forever and, just nobody talked about getting off of it. I never actually experienced heartburn a day in my life until I was on this medicine and I forgot to take it for a day. So I got put on it because of a, just a chronic cough that wouldn't go away. And I had the whole workup and this was the last thing and it did make the cough go away. But then I was stuck on this medicine and I had tried several times. One time really, really actively tried at the advice and guidance of my GI specialist to get off this medication. And I just couldn't do it. I had such bad reflux symptoms. It was affecting my voice. It was just ridiculously uncomfortable, especially at night, like every night it was so bad. And so he just kind of said to me like, listen, you know, you tried and you know, if you can't get off of it, you can't get off of it. Well, then there's some information coming out that chronic use maybe could contribute to dementia. And I thought, well, heck, this is, this is a problem. I got to get off of this. So that was like my big goal. And so let me back up then. I'm like, I've been thinking the chronology of the story. How do I tell the story? So let me just back up to, you know, me as like a four or five year old. <laughs> I've always been the person who had a variety of ailments. I always had different aches and pains. I often have a sore throat or a headache or a stomach ache or, you know, my hand hurt or my foot hurt or like something hurt when I was a kid. And, you know, we don't have to get into all of the details about all sorts of various different things. But what I learned as a child, I now realize, okay, I have to say, right, up until a few months ago, I had no awareness around this at all. But what I learned as a child was that the way to get attention was to have a problem. And so I would even early on, I remember being so scared of going to swim lessons. I just didn't like my teacher. She she just was not nice. <laughs> I just hated, 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 hated the experience. And so rather than feeling the nervousness on the way to swim lessons, I would literally put myself to sleep. Like I would go to sleep in the car. It was not a long drive. And then my mom would wake me up, wake me up when we got there and I would be so scared and so nervous. I would throw up. So I'd have like actual physical symptoms. This happened several times. Like this was like a regular occurrence for me every single week that I would throw up yeah. on, uh, you know, when I got to swim lessons. So I've had these physical responses to intense emotions my whole life. And you know, I just kind of was like, yeah, it was like this thing that I did as a kid, like just never like thought of it at all. I do know that if I get very nervous, even as an adult, I start yawning. I feel very tired. Like that mm -hmm. old habit of just putting myself out of my misery by going to sleep is like still there. So I always thought that was kind of interesting because like most people when they feel nervous don't feel tired, but I totally do. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. like, oh, it's this old vestige from when I was a child, like no big deal. Well, I've had then over the course of, you know, I'm 44 now. So like all of these years, I've had a variety of different 
just aches and pains and kind of chronic physical symptoms. So I was diagnosed in sixth grade with patellofemoral syndrome in both of my knees. They told me this is very, very normal for, you know, developing girls and and growing girls. And you're probably going to struggle with this your whole life. And so I did physical therapy and they gave me braces and all the different things. And I have on and off struggled with it my whole life. Like so many, many, I mean, I would think I was probably about 12 then. So like 30 Mm -hmm. plus years, all kinds of, you know, on and off issues that I've had with my knees since then. I've also had issues with plantar fasciitis on and off. When I was pregnant, my second pregnancy, I ended up developing significant SI joint issues, which got worse and worse with each pregnancy. What, you know, I saw a chiropractor who said, listen, if you don't work this out after you deliver, like you're going to have problems your whole life with this. And so I did. I mean, I went and saw PT and I mean, I was like hardcore in there. I'm like, I'll do whatever. Like, I don't want to deal with this my whole life. Well, it still has been an issue like on and off, like since that time, my, you know, I haven't been pregnant in seven years. So it's still kind of this ongoing thing. I've had issues with biceps tendonitis. I've had issues with upper back, like kind of muscular, you know, complaints. I've had a lot of neck muscle soreness that can lead to headaches. Like, I mean, really you name it. And to be honest with you, I had kind of a lot of like, sort of, I don't know if, I mean, shame feels like kind of intense as a way to describe it, but I was kind of embarrassed about the fact that something was like always kind of hurting me. Like this idea that I like some, like some people just don't feel pain every day was like completely a foreign concept for me. Cause something always was hurting or sore or didn't feel that good. And so I didn't really let it totally, you know, rule my life. I still would go. I, I remember thinking, you know, well, my knees hurt if I exercise and they hurt if I don't exercise. So I might as well exercise, you know, kind of still being like, well, I, I might as well get out there, but I was letting it limit me in certain ways. Like for instance, I hadn't been on a bike ride with my family in a few years because every time I went on a bike ride, my knees would end up hurting and it would take several days before they would settle down again. So I think I was starting to kind of gradually as, as I got older, kind of allow it to shrink things down a little. So what I realized at the end of last year, so almost a year ago, I realized just kind of how much pain I was in on a regular basis and how uncomfortable it was for me to be in my body. And so I, I kind of, it's kind of a long story how I came to this realization, but so much of what we do as coaches is teach people how to get into their bodies. And this is like, you know, like all of my doctors, right? Like who are, who are listening and who are my clients, they like, we're so taught to live up in our heads that we don't embody our bodies. And I came to realize like, why would I want to do that when being in my body hurts? Like all of the time in some way, shape or form, you know, like I could basically be in physical therapy, like nonstop forevermore, because there's always something that was kind of bugging me. And I noticed with physical therapy that like things would get a little better, but by the next week, you know, time to come back again. And then like this thing was hurting or now it had evolved and had come over here. And it was always just kind of, you know, it just never really, really fully solved the problem. So I was kind of just curious. I was like, you know, maybe some of this has to do with hormones. Like I've never had my hormones checked. Like maybe I should get that checked out. And also kind of leading up to the new year going, you know, I really do want to get off this medicine. You know, I kind of just want to get myself like straightened out, get some labs done and see. So I found this integrative medicine doctor, like kind of functional medicine specialist, who's also an OBGYN thinking like, okay, he has like the Western medicine background, but all this additional understanding, he you know, he's, he's like a women's health specialist. This is, this is going to be good. And so it got all these, you know, labs tested and things. And he started telling me, he's like, listen, like, I actually think you're having a hard time absorbing electrolytes now 
because of this medication. Like you've been on it so long for your stomach. Like this is, we're seeing some lasting effects now. And I'm like, well, good. Cause like, I wanted to get off of this and I didn't realize he could help me, but he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I can help you get off of this. I'm like, amazing. He also tells me, oh, listen, you have all this chronic pain, but it looks like your testosterone levels are really low. We can supplement that. So he's, I'm like, really sweet. Like in my mind, I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I should also say too, I should back up and say that a couple of years ago, I did get the diagnosis of fibromyalgia. I did not really take it to heart, which is why I forgot to even mention it. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm telling I you the story, I kind of was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know. Cause I didn't feel like I had any of the brain fog or like any of those symptoms at all. But I was like, you know, I, I mean, when it kind of, you know, it was a PMNR doctor who, who diagnosed it. He was actually really, really skillful in talking me through it. And I was like, you know what? By then I was a coach. I'm like, okay, well, now what? Like I can let this limit me or I can just be like, okay, well, this is my body. Like, you know, what do I, what do I want to do? You know, this is, this is the circumstance. It's a neutral fact. And so, so anyway, he's like, yeah, I really think this testosterone is going to help you. So I'm like, great. So we did this testosterone pellet and we did that right at the beginning of the year in 2020. And he told me like, it'll take probably about two weeks to get to like the full effect or maybe it was one week, whatever it was. And I was like, okay. And I remember just kind of being like, well, I wonder if it's going to do anything. And I really, you know, I really wasn't like, for sure, this is going to help. But I kid you not at a weekend, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if this is placebo or what, but I'm telling you, I, I think this is helping. And I was really, really excited about it. I was like, oh my gosh, like if I just have to get this pellet every three months, I will do it to not be in so much pain. Meanwhile, he had me like kind of changing my diet and like taking some supplements, which I actually didn't tolerate well at all. <laughs> my stomach felt terrible and eating the way he wanted me to eat was just, I did not feel well for the whole time that I tried it. So we ended up, you know, making some adjustments there. But so then I was due to get my second dose and COVID hit and everything global pandemic down. global <laughs> pandemic so meanwhile now my brain is like okay you totally need this testosterone right and i had this whole story about how like i'm in perimenopause and like my hormones are all over the place and like i need this supplementation and all this stuff yes. so i was supposed to go back and see him and then everything got shut down and immediately in my mind i'm like well crap like this is totally helping me and now i'm not going to be able to get this for God knows how long I'm totally going to have pain. And then that's exactly what was happening was I was starting to feel more and more pain. I wasn't able to exercise the way I had before, which I thought was helping me. And there was a pandemic going on and we were all in a state, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. it was just like a, a really, really scary time. We didn't know what was going on. So I think I'm sure that compounded everything. And then what happened was we were in this, a lot of people aren't going to know what Slack is, but we were basically in like this kind of community for certified coaches, like the kind of certified coaches that we are. This is how we all kind of can communicate. And I just think so much I was guided to you, like through all of this, like the way the whole thing went, I'm like, the, none of this was just like, oh, happenstance, coincidence. Yeah. So what ended up happening was <laughs> you went in there and you actually asked for some people who are interested in being coached basically for free, yeah. right? You're like, yeah, I'm like testing out this new program and I just want to like test it on some people. Now, what people have to understand is that the rules of this group are that you're not supposed to actually be able to do that. But you didn't yeah. know that. I didn't, <laughs> you didn't know. realize that. I was totally that. innocent. Yeah. I was like, hey, there's a good right. group of people to ask. Yeah, right. And, and so you didn't out. know. And for whatever reason, the admin didn't catch it, right? Like the admin, like normally yeah. if somebody did that, it would get shut down, right? It would get caught and taken yeah. away, except 
You say very nicely. Say no. You can't <laughs> right. do that here. You can't do that. Right. Yeah. Flew under the radar Yours somehow. Flew under the radar somehow. <laughs> and I happen to see it because there's like a lot of activity in there. So it's right. very Thousands easy to miss things. People. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just happened to see it and I thought, well, heck, I have chronic pain and I'm feeling like really sorry for myself because... I can't get this testosterone thing. And because, you know, this doctor's supposed to be helping my stomach feel better and I feel worse. Like it's yeah. not going well at all. And so I'm like, sure, why not? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like I'll do yes. it. Right. <laughs> and so you're like, okay. And so we get on our first call and you basically explain to me that my symptoms are created by my brain and <laughs> basically like my emotions. And I was like, Come again? <laughs> like, yeah, what? yeah. I, I know. so tell tell everybody <laughs> a full in full honesty what my reaction was like. Like, what was I like? Oh, I think it took a good like four to six weeks before you started believing me. Honestly, <laughs> um, I just didn't understand it. I honest to goodness yeah. didn't understand it. Yeah. Well, and and for me to tell a doctor that too, you know, of course that was a little bit harrowing. It was a little bit nerve wracking to, to try to explain that. But I know enough from the research that I've been studying from the latest in neuroscience, that pain can actually be not just created in your body and traveling to your brain to be perceived, but it's bi-directional. It can be created in your brain and felt in your body. And that's the type of pain that is most likely seen with chronic pain and chronic disease. And it's complicated Factor. Sometimes it has to do with fear and our brain's anticipation of what's going to happen. And so our brain is very good at protecting us. And so if our knee hurts doing something sometime, then it will remember and it doesn't even have to do that thing again before it can just create those pain signals coming from our brain and felt in our body. And it's very much related to our emotions. And so when emotional levels are high, when fear is high, when we're living in chronic fight or flight, which definitely the pandemic, you know, incited a lot of fight or flight in all of us. But just if you think about how most Americans live, you know, we are always pushing ourselves. We're not sleeping well. A lot of times we're not taking very good care of our health. And we're, we're stressing ourselves out emotionally, too, in the ways that we try to, you know, always be seen as a good person or trying to achieve more and more and more and trying to, you know, do these things to make ourselves happier. We're always putting so much pressure on ourselves. We're really the only animal that doesn't just get out of fight or flight naturally because we can always come up with more and more things to be afraid of because we can remember the past. We can project it into our future. So our brain is so complex. It's really just trying to help us, but it can definitely create pain signals that act more like emotions, but they're felt in our body. It's real. Yeah. It's, it's that, and that's the thing, right? It's not like, oh, it's all in your head. Right? No, and, no. And I, I never felt like you were telling me it's all in my head. Like that was, that was always very clear. Like you weren't just like, listen, this is a psychological problem that I never felt that. I think I just legitimately did not understand. and. I remember you saying like, you know, you need to start thinking about like where there's fear in your life and where there's anger. And I'm like, listen, like, I feel pretty good. Like, I don't think yeah. I'm really that angry of a person. I remember saying like, I don't really have that much anger. Like, that's how disconnected I was to the yeah. fear and anger that was suppressed, right? Like that, that I was not feeling yeah. that I literally didn't even, I didn't know how to even access it. 
And I certainly didn't understand the connection of those symptoms to my physical pain, like at all. And, and right. so it, it really took a while. Like it really, I mean, the turning point was when you, I mean, cause you tried all kinds of things. You're like, read this study, read this thing, have this, <laughs> listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast. And you sent me a podcast where it was like within this framework, but then the person was interviewing someone on emotional eating and yeah. within that emotional eating framework, it was just like the light went on for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I get it. Because obviously I understand emotional eating super, super well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like that. Oh, oh my yes. gosh, okay. It was like, yeah. like the Venn diagram where the two yes. sections connected and overlapped. And you were like, oh, okay. I can that, see yes. how that could be emotional. Yes. And that can yes. cause physical pain. Yes. And that was like my entry point into taking this deep dive into how my physical symptoms really could be related to my emotions. So like, just as an example for people who are listening and you know, the main, re I mean, first of all, I just want to give everybody an update on what's all been going on for me and stuff. Cause I know everybody wanted to know, but also to just like open the minds of the doctors listening. And I know so many more people are so much more open now to mind body connection things and, and, and that type of thing, but just to, to kind of hammer it home, like, especially when you have somebody where it's like, it's just like, they don't seem to get better and things like that. Like just being able to just even consider that something else might be going on, right? Like just to even know about and hear about it. But, you know, I was thinking about like the knee pain thing. Cause in my mind, I'm like, no, but this is like an actual abnormality, you know, like my, right. my kneecaps do not track properly, right? Like I have the right. shallow yeah. groove or whatever, like, you know, we can document yeah. that. And I remember you saying, you know, the way that we look at this is that that's a, just a normal abnormality. That's not something that has to create pain for you ongoing. And so, you know, I, and I do understand, like when we think about the model, right? Like if we have a belief, if we have a thought that my knees create pain for me when I do certain things, like it's not that unreasonable that the result would be that I would experience pain in my knees, you know? Yeah. And, and you had someone tell you, you will probably yeah. feel this the rest of your life. Right. So of course. You had that placebo effect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you that, know, we're like, yeah. okay, yes. I, can, I can count on this. I can count on did. this. Exactly. And, and it, oh, it's been reliable for all those yeah. decades. It's been totally reliable. But so then I was thinking like when I was first diagnosed with that was in sixth grade and I just started thinking like, well, what was going on for me? It was kind of like the end of sixth grade. And I remember thinking like, you know, okay, well, what was happening in sixth grade? And then I started to realize how much kind of, you know, for me, emotional turmoil was happening for me during that school year. Not like, you know, I think like my family was falling apart or like I was being abused, like nothing like that. But like for me in my life, it felt very much like emotional turmoil. There were a lot of school changes. I, you know, was kind of having some, some friend trouble. Like I just really felt like it's like just classic middle school stuff. Like didn't really know exactly yeah. how I fit in and, you know, that just feeling very uncomfortable a lot, you know, emotionally. Right. So then it wouldn't be all that surprising that my knees would start hurting. And then, you know, if you just happen, like, cause before that they didn't hurt and they were obviously the way they were at that point. Right. You know, like yeah, with yeah. The, the, the shallow groove or whatever that, Oh, I would experience some knee pain because this is, this is always what happened, right? Like I would be experiencing some sort of emotion and I'd get a physical response instead. And this was a way to get attention, right. A way to yeah. feel loved and like feel accepted and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, of course this is not 
conscious at all for me, you know, at that age at all, but then having this problem and then being told like, oh, this is probably something you'll struggle with your whole life. There you go. It's just so powerful. Like, you know, what we as healthcare providers, whether you're a doctor, physical therapist, or, you know, whoever, like you have so much power to determine the whole experience of a patient based on what you say. And, and just yes, recently, my husband, yeah, my husband has done some, <laughs> some um, reading on, you know, just what surgeons say to patients in terms of how they advise them, what their post-op recovery experience will be and things like that. So he's actually experimented with changing what he tells people who are going to have a, a tonsillectomy because, you know, it used to be just, just kind of like, you know, sometimes people do really well, but like a lot of people, it really hurts a lot and you're probably going to need a lot of pain medicine. And he, he, so he changed all that and was like, listen, I think you're going to be fine. Some people need pain medicine, but I don't think you're going to need it. I think you're going to be fine. Just Tylenol and ibuprofen. The amount of narcotics that he's been prescribing has gone down like ridiculously. Just because, I mean, he's, he's happy to give it to them if they need it, but they don't need it because he preps them differently and tells them they're going to have a different experience. I mean, it's like so fascinating, right? So just understanding like the power that you have as a person of authority to explain like, right. Like you could have had a doctor who was like, listen, there's no cure for ulcerative colitis. Like there's, there's literally nothing that can be done and you're going to struggle with this your whole life. Had your friend not said anything to you, that would likely be your experience, right? Yeah, because even when it's funny, because even I found thought work and the life coach school and coaching three years before she told me that. And so I was getting, you know, mentally, probably in the healthiest place I'd ever been, but physically, my symptoms hadn't changed at all. And so it's not just realizing that, you know, we need to clean up our thinking and be more mentally aware. You know, I had that component already three years in place before I started realizing like, there's even more, there's this other layer that this can go so much deeper. And it's more just about those repressed emotions, those emotions that aren't felt. So if you think about those subconscious thoughts, like you were saying, you weren't thinking, well, if I have this knee pain, then I'm going to get some attention. And and then my parents will, you know, give me the attention I want or my friends will. But that just kind of happens below the surface at the subconscious level, but thoughts create feelings. And so if we think of subconscious thoughts, they can create feelings that aren't acknowledged as well, because sometimes we don't want to acknowledge those feelings that are shameful or vulnerable or think of ourselves as weak or angry. We want to kind of press them down. We want to repress them and push them down like a beach ball, you know, but it it takes its toll on our bodies and it takes its toll on us emotionally to just be repressing so much and not acknowledging. And and that was a huge part for you is just kind of realizing like, oh, I, I do have some of this anger. I didn't even realize that I had and Mm -hmm. acknowledging it and letting yourself feel it. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, let's just talk about that really briefly. Like, so, you know, what you recommend is a different kind of journaling than just like the regular thought download that we, you know, typically talk about or doing models. And, you know, at first, again, I kind of like, didn't really understand it. I have to say though, this is very typical for me, right? There's new things and I'm like full of doubt, but I keep coming back. I'm like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to keep showing (laughs) up. (laughs) This is not the first time that's been my experience. But so, so, you know, essentially, the kind of journaling that you taught me to do is where, you know, you can pick just some sort of, you know, experience that maybe happened in the past, 
or, you know, something that's going on right now, or, you know, something about yourself, like, or your personality, or just kind of the way that you show up in the world. Like there's a lot, you know, you can pick like any number of different things. And then it's, it's literally like a catharsis type of journaling. And so I'll just tell, like, I'll just tell people how I like to do it. Cause I know there's just yeah. kind of different ways. I like to set the timer on my phone for 20 minutes, turn it over. And I actually like to listen to music and not like, you know, chill Enya, like meditation music, like pretty, like, it's hard for me to feel these emotions. So I use the music to help me to bring them up. So it's oh, not like I'm listening to you. like, no, I, cool. like, yeah, I, <laughs> no. I, I don't, it's That's not like awesome. I'm listening to like, you know, like a metal band, like something like crazy, okay. but like, it's, it's like rock. Cause I'm trying yeah. to help those emotions to come up. Because my yeah. tendency is just to, like, I'm an expert repressor, right? I'm like, why would I feel that terrible emotion when I can just be like, oh, whatever, like, not a big deal. Meanwhile, you know, my knees are hurting or my back's hurting or yeah. like whatever's hurting, right? So I, I have to, you know, actively work to get that up. But anyway, then what I do is I just write you know, if it's like about another person, I can, you know, like write about them or about myself or whatever. But I, it's like, there's that little like 5% of you that acts like a spoiled brat, you know, child <laughs> about yes. certain things, right? You know, that part of yeah. me is like, you know, say like your sister did something and you're like, you know, t- like annoyed about it. And, and, you know, rationally, right? 95% of you is like, listen, she didn't even realize that that, you know, like that's really not a big deal. Like, it's just a circumstance. I get to choose whatever I think about it, right? Like I, what I want to think. And like, she doesn't know and she's just her being her and whatever. But there's that 5% of you who's like, I hate that B. You know what I mean? Yes. I like, I hate her guts yeah. and I would like to kill her, you know? And of course, like, if you think right. about it rationally, you're like, no, that is not true. She is not like that. Like, I don't want to think about her that way. But you have to give some airtime to that little 5%. And so, so what you're doing is you're journaling from this like ridiculous, outlandish, totally like self-centered, crazy little corner of yourself. And you're just letting it come up. And I remember you saying like, this is not journaling for like a beautiful leather bound journal. Like this is like, this is, you know, for just like your, your crummiest notebook or like a notepad or whatever, you literally want to like rip this up and throw this out after like, this isn't something that you want people to find after you die. Typically, yeah. I hate yeah. everyone in my life. They're the worst people in the world. Of course you don't mean that, but right. there's that little, little 5% of you that just needs to get that out. And yeah. it's, it's basically, you know, tapping into that anger or that fear and just allowing it to be ridiculous. And, you know, we talked about it, like, you know, it's like blowing your nose or going to the bathroom, right? You know, you're just like, you're not like, let me analyze like every single thing. You're like, nope, flush, throw it out, yeah. throw out the Kleenex. Like it's just an dump empty. It and yes. Dump, get it out. Exactly. Get it out. And then what I usually like to do afterward, and, you know, we kind of have talked about different ways of doing it, but especially if I've had like a lot of anger or, you know, fear or that kind of thing, like I like to kind of, and you recommend this too, to kind of get back into a bit of a parasympathetic state. And so that can be just kind of like hands over heart, you know, sitting for five minutes or 10 minutes, or sometimes I really like to do a really positive meditation for 10, 15 minutes afterward. It's kind of like, I feel like I've emptied it all out and then I'm resetting my brain with the meditation and then like off we go. And so it doesn't mean like you, 
you know, like, like there's no, there's no going back to what you journaled and needing to sort anything out. There's no meaning that needs to come from it because it's, it's meaningless. It's just, it's the ridiculousness that, that is, you know, being held within you that you just need to allow that to come out. I like doing 20 minutes because I think 10, sometimes it takes a little while to get to that place. And so around 15 to 20 is often when I start feeling like, okay, I've emptied it all out. Like I really, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of more, you know, on that topic or something like that. And so you don't necessarily have to do that forevermore every single day, but definitely doing it until you start feeling relief from your pain or your symptoms. And it doesn't have to be pain, right? Like in your case, it's all sort of colitis symptoms. For some people, it can be like allergy symptoms. It can be, I mean, what are some of the other, like migraines? What are some of the other symptoms that you help people? Yeah, like definitely all of the musculoskeletal things that are lasting for more than a few weeks, you know, that's becoming more chronic. But I've even done it when I had some muscle soreness from surfing behind a boat and falling. And so I was like, let me just test this out because I like to run little experiments on myself. So I was like, I have a very logical reason why my neck should hurt. And I I woke up with it hurting. And I was surprised how much better my neck felt even after journaling. And I think I only did it about 10 minutes or so, but I just got out all of the negative stuff that I had. And then throughout the day, I'd catch myself thinking, wow, my neck doesn't even hurt. So I I don't think it even has to be a chronic condition. And you don't have to necessarily write just about your neck if your neck is what is hurting. It can really just be like you sit down to write and you just let whatever come out. It doesn't have to necessarily be anger. It might be sadness. It might be shame. Sometimes I write happy things too, because I'm just, you know, just writing really whatever comes to mind. But most of the time, it's not the happiness we try to repress. It's the, like, the hateful things where, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I hate my children was something that was so hard for me to even write at first, because I was like, I don't, I don't want to even think that about myself. Like, that's horrible. And I don't think that I don't, I don't hate my children, but there are some times that I'm like, my life might be better if I had never had children, like I'm this fantasy, you know, and that just needs to be validated. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it can be all kinds of different chronic conditions, whether it's, I've even worked with someone with heart conditions that got so much better from, you know, this process, the joint aches and pains allergies, asthma, eczema, skin conditions. You've had some of those. Yeah. Well, well, we'll dive into that. So, so here's what is also taught with like what you taught me is that when you start doing this work, your body realizes that you're like onto it. Right. So like, amazingly, my, my knees start getting better. Remember I was wearing my SI joint belt when we first started. I was like Mm -hmm. so afraid to stop using it because I felt like it needed like this healing that I've had to go through before. And then one day I'm like, you know what, what if I just stop wearing it? Let me just see what happens. And we're fine. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is working. But this is what Dr. Sarno, who kind of, you know, is one of, was one of the, the leading people in this work, what he calls the symptom imperative, like, but your body has to have a symptom. So like, you know, like some people, right, will get like back surgery and then their back won't hurt, but then like now their ankle starts hurting, right? It's like yeah. your body will just shift the pain. So like my knees weren't hurting, you know, my SI joints weren't hurting, my neck wasn't hurting so much. And then all of a sudden I start getting random rashes. Remember this? Like start getting oh, super yeah. weird, like unexplainable but very obvious. (laughs) Yeah. Weird rashes. And like, 
it, it just was like, I, I'm not like a rashy person. <laughs> this is not, nothing like this has ever happened to me before. So, and that's happened a few times, right? Like where I would, you know, develop like rashes, like in this place and then in that place. And so it's, it's kind of like, I remember you saying like, this is a good thing though. Like this is your body yeah. going like, shoot, what if I do this? Maybe if you, you know, like this is yeah. safe. Like maybe if I make a rash, you'll, you'll stop, you know? And so I was onto it. And you yeah, know, you were so curious. It. Yeah, I was just you like, you weren't well, like, what's going on? Oh no. Yeah, you this isn't just working. Like, this is fascinating, and I'm not going to put any cortisone on it this time. And yes. I'm not going to. Yeah, because normally I would have totally anything. put a topical steroid on it. And I was just like, I'm just going to see what happens. Like, and if this can just yeah. go away. And here's the thing like, it was a full on, like, red, raised, itchy rash. I've had it several times, actually, in different ways and different kind of presentations. It's not like, oh, my skin looks normal, but I'm feeling itchy or something. Like, it's like full on rash. <laughs> right. It's a right? real manifestation yeah, a real, of yeah. a symptom. It's yeah. not in your head. Exactly. Exactly. And so just, you know, managing my mind around going like, yeah, this is normal. This is a good sign. This is exactly what I want to be happening so that things start, you know, improving and getting better. So, so let's just back up now to talk about the acid reflux stuff because we've left that out, right? We haven't kind of finished with that. So as this is all going on, you know, the integrative medicine doctor is like, oh, you didn't like eating the way that I suggested. He was a little bit kind of like, all right, fine, do whatever you want, you know? And then, but we kind of talked together about how I was going to wean myself off of this medication. So I switched over to a capsule form and then bought extra capsules. And my husband helped me to, you know, start like just by eyeballing basically like three-fourths dose, half dose, quarter dose. And, you know, we created all these, all these capsules. And so I, my plan had been like, let me try to go like two weeks on each dosage and just kind of like really try to wean, like taper off really, you know, like just gradually. So I started eating, you recall, remember, like super clean. I was just like, I'm taking, like, I'm not going to do any of the things that could like irritate things. Like, and not just like no sugar, no flour. Like I wasn't eating dairy. I wasn't having any coffee. I was like, just really, really trying to eat in a way that would just really support. I just didn't want it to be like, I'm not doing well, but is that because I'm eating X, Y, Z? I was like, let me just, you know, I will, I will eat this way you know, in order to yeah. create the result of being off this medication. And so Good experiment, yeah, experiment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so as I started doing that, I, you know, definitely had some heartburn symptoms. And so what you helped me to understand by really spending time inside my body and like really getting to know the feeling that I was having is that I was actually having what I call emotional heartburn, right? So we've talked about on this podcast several times about emotional hunger. And it was just like the same thing, basically. Like it felt like heat and burning, you know, like at the, the, you know, the top of my stomach, base of the esophagus. But by really tuning in and tapping into the sensation with you, I started realizing like how much it would change with my breathing and how like it, you know, it wasn't radiating, but it would change. It was like very subtle, but because you helped me to really tap into what was going on, I was able to recognize, like, I don't think I'm actually having true acid reflux right now. I think my body is just going like, Hey, there's a change right now. You know, like the, this is the symptom you should be having. And you know, the whole time, remember right. I kept being like, I wish my husband could just handle this whole thing without me knowing it. Like I kind of wish that I thought that I was taking the full dosage, you know, yeah. just to see. You were going to randomize and just, I know, like, pill, huh? I know, I just want him to do it. But of course, you know, he, I needed to guide him and tell him how to do it. So we had to do it so that, you know, I, told him what was happening, which therefore then I knew it was happening. So, 
so anyway, it was definitely very interesting. And of course, every time I stepped down in dosage, I had an increase in symptoms. And, you know, again, really interesting to think about, like, was that because I was expecting to have those symptoms? Because in my brain, I'm going, yeah, well, this is what happens. We don't have as much medicine. We have heartburn. Right. So, and, and so you have, you know, access to information on like, you know, different emotions that certain kind of symptoms can cause. And so we looked up acid reflux heartburn and it said, fear, 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 clutching fear. Okay. And so, so then you I'm were just, like, no, I don't think I'm like, okay, well, hold on. Like if I just spend a little time thinking like, what might I be afraid of right now? And here's what I found is yeah. that it wasn't like anything where I was like, no, but seriously, I'm afraid, you know, like I, I wasn't really feeling that, but I'd be like, well, yeah, but I mean, I do have some concern about this thing and that thing. And yeah, I mean, I guess that could be fear. And so I'm spending time, right? Because we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not feeling anger or fear, but like pretty much all the emotions end up boiling down to that, like the, the negative right. ones, right? You know, it so really like was. one or the other. So, so then I would just be like, okay, well, if I'm feeling the symptom of heartburn, what am I afraid of? What might I be feeling some fear about? And then I would journal on that and just, you know, yeah. work on getting that out. And then interestingly, like it was going pretty well. And then I thought, okay, well, when I stop this quarter dose, like I should be totally fine. But then I was like, Oh, I'm kind of nervous. I'm going to go to every other day on the quarter dose just to like make things, you know, a little, like a little easier, except then I started doing that. And I full on was having what I felt like was quote unquote real symptoms. Meaning I felt like, you know, I would burp and I'd have like acid in the back of my throat where I was like, okay, I wasn't having that before. I I do think there is that like the physical process of the body adapting to not being on this medication anymore after, you know, a couple of decades. At a cellular level. Cellular level, exactly. Um, (laughs) And, and so, you know, but it was so great, like how you were able to just help me to just be patient. Like I felt like having your support in that made it so much better. When I first went to the every other day, my husband said to me, he's like, you know, just be patient. Like, you know, for a couple of days, he was like, just be patient. Like, you know, stick with it. You're totally going to be able to get off this. I'm like, okay, okay. And, you know, working with you, I'm like, I'm going to totally get off this. And then when I went to completely off, I totally had the symptoms again. And here's what was so fascinating. Cause you're like, you're going to be fine. You're like, this is totally not an issue. My husband just like so well-meaning, right? Like he really, his heart was in the right place. He didn't realize what he was saying. He goes, he's like, well, listen, like you might just be someone who has heartburn. Like I get heartburn sometimes. Like you might just be, you know, I mean, you might be a heartburn person. I was like, listen, I never had heartburn a day in my life until I took this medicine. So I don't think I'm a heartburn person. He's like, no, but seriously, like some people just have heartburn. Like he's like thinking he's making me feel better. And finally I was like, okay, I will not accept what you're saying right now. And I will not believe that about myself because if I believe that I'm someone who has heartburn, then I'm going to continue to have heartburn. I'm not someone who has heartburn. And he was like, oh my gosh, like it finally hit him. He's like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so sorry. Like, no, you're not someone who has heartburn. Right, (laughs) and you might every once in a while, but it doesn't mean that it's something that you ate or that, Right, right. Well, and I I was having symptoms every day though, right? It wasn't like, oh, oh, you know, once a month or once a quarter or whatever, I have heartburn. I was really having symptoms every day. And and I was like, I really don't want to believe that this is my experience. Like, that's not how this is going to be. So please stop saying that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, like you're right. I shouldn't say that. I'm not gonna say that. So, so I have been off now for I mean, well over a month, completely off. Remember me saying, I'm like, I don't even know how to eat if you don't have to like, you know, 
like wait 30 minutes after you take your pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do normal people eat? I have to, I don't remember. I was in medical school when I did this. So off of that. And then once I got off of it, remember I was like, well, you know, I'm on some other medications. Like maybe I'll just yeah. stop taking those. So I stopped the restasis that I was on for dry eyes. I stopped my allergy medication. I stopped my daily Zyrtec and I stopped my rosacea medicine too. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, why not just stop and see, right? I'm like, I maybe I probably don't need any of these things. Because as I was doing more research about like these, you know, kind of psychosomatic types of illnesses, like these are all part of them. So it's not just the pain, right? It's like allergies, it's dry eyes, it's like having rosacea symptoms, which I have in my eyes and my skin, like just kind of changing my whole perspective on, you know, I really probably don't need this. Probably all of the reasons that I've been having, you know, all these symptoms going on is like the pain wasn't enough. I was yeah. always repressing emotions like now let's right. have this problem and this problem and this problem. So, so anyway, yeah, you were so good at blocking it out. I was just like, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, I don't feel that. I will not feel that. And I have no doubt that had I just continued on in my normal way, like I'd still have all my normal pain and I probably have additional symptoms too, you know, just yeah. because like, this is how this goes or how it can go. Yeah. And you have perimenopause. So and the knows? perimenopause, we forgot about that, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So here's what, so with the perimenopause, so while we were working together, I was able to get into the doctor. I think you were a little disappointed. I did get the testosterone <laughs> pellet. I was like, okay, food, things are better. But then what was really great was, I think it was good that I had that pellet. The second pellet I got, I didn't really feel like it helped like as much as that first time. Plus I was learning all of this stuff. Right. And so I started going like, well, maybe that really was all placebo effect. Like maybe this really isn't what it is. And so it's like, I was still having some symptoms, but then when I started doing the journaling, the symptoms went away and I was like, oh, I think I actually have the power to control this. I don't need this pellet anymore. And so I haven't gotten, you know, anymore. Now it was interesting, right? I told you. So then I followed up with the doctor again, told him I didn't want it again. And he told me two times, like separate times, very emphatically, like, Hey, and I just want you to know, like in, in, you know, a month or two, like you might start really feeling like your energy is going down. And so if it is, you might really need this. You might be getting more benefit out of this than you think. And in my mind, I'm like, Nope, 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 Nope. I do not need this. I do not need this. And it still has kind of come up for me. Like if I'm feeling tired, I'll think like, Oh, is that, you know, what he said? I'm just like, no, like, even if it is, I, I refuse to accept that I need to have that. I remember you saying to me early on, what if you could just increase your testosterone levels on your own? And I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, I sent you an article. Right? <laughs> I was like, mm, no. Happiness, uh, laughing, yeah. power posing. I, would, <laughs> I, I was like, I no. would wake up at night and think of Katrina. How can I, <laughs> how can I get her to believe this? How can I like show her? It just took some time, it just but took time, you really... Right. I mean, you really changed. I mean, you, you said at the beginning, I think I'm just someone who my body is easily inflamed. You said the idea of me having no pain is probably impossible. That's what I said to you. Yeah. (laughs) I I went back and looked through my notes and you literally were like, that was like visit four. The idea of me having no pain is probably impossible. And then now you're saying things like I'm the expert on my body. My body will know what's right for me. Right. Like learning how to actually connect with it. And then if there is pain, even like spending time with it, like sending it extra love and connecting to it. And then even asking like, is there a message here? 
like asking the body, is there a message for me? Which can sound very woo, right? Like some people like, okay, now the body's talking to me, whatever. (laughs) But it really gives you like, how often are you otherwise listening to your body or even just connecting deeply enough with yourself to even be open to whatever the message is? Like I, you know, often for me, like I don't always get a message or whatever. I think I'm still refining that, that process for myself, but there have been a couple of times where I've done it and the message has been loud and clear. I remember one time I was like up kind of late and then I did it and I was like, you know, like listening for a message and the message was like loud and clear, go to bed. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and so some people are like, well, how do you get the message? Like some people actually like feel like they hear something. Some people feel like there's like just, just a thought pops up. I find for myself that it's like a thought that pops up. So like, right. We could, we could get all like analytical and go like, how that could just be any thought that you're having or whatever. And it, it might be, but I think, well, that's the thought that's popping up while I'm connected to this part of my body where I'm experiencing this discomfort. And so, you know, maybe that's like my inner wisdom or like you, call it whatever you want to call it, but it's worth exploring, right? I don't look at it like, oh, you know, I'm like going to buy or sell my house based on what my hip is telling me or something, but like, (laughs) you know, big decisions. But like, I think my body has way more wisdom than, you know, we, we give it credit for, especially if we're like willing to learn how to connect and listen to it. And I just think like, you know, I, I think, you know, I've talked to some with my clients about this and I'm like, yeah, I don't know you guys, like it's pretty out there. And what I think is, is so interesting is how, open so many people are to it. I really expected to get a lot of pushback from people like, okay, she's like off the deep end now where people are like, no, why is she calling this woo? I totally believe in this. Got messages like that. Like, oh, okay. So apparently I'm the the one who's like late to the party (laughs) or something, you know? (laughs) No, I think, I mean, we're really trained and especially in the medical profession, in the medical field, like we're very cause and effect oriented and it's very physiological and it all has a neat explanation and, and we're trained to think that way. And, and our brains naturally can put these things together. You know, it just happens so, so rapidly that we're like, well, obviously it was because I did those squats or because I ate that thing or because I, you know, am allergic to this. Yeah. It, it all makes so much sense. And so it really takes a shift in mindset to realize maybe my body is telling me something. Maybe it has a message for me. And maybe this is exactly what I need in my life right now to correct so that I can evolve to be the next better version of myself so that I'm not projecting my, you know, body image issues onto my, my daughter, you know, like I have my, my rib kind of lets me know when I'm feeling low (laughs) self-worth and that's what I think of it now is like, because I don't feel my rib a lot, but when I do, I, I start to think now, what am I, what am I beating myself up about? What am I negative about? And, Mm. and learning that I just put out a podcast where I said, pain can be your superpower. When you're learning to tune into your body in this way, it's actually such a gift to have that extra knowledge because most people are not so tuned in and we're very reactive to whatever is going on in the world. And especially in times of crisis, it's easy to just be going crazy. You know, every, as a collective, that's just kind of the mentality right now, but people who can tune into their bodies, it's like telling us what we need to work on next. Yeah. And you know what I think about too, like when you think about like indigenous people and things like that, like you think about how like the Native Americans, how connected they were to 
you know, the, the, the earth and their surroundings and like, you know, just understanding weather patterns and animal patterns and like, right. Like there's just like this incredible wisdom of how to work with their surroundings and to a certain extent with their healing, you know, practices and stuff as well. Like uh, so much of that was this, this deep connection. And just think of it as like, this is, this has always been there. We've just been drowning it out with different thought processes. Like we haven't been, nobody taught us this growing up, right? Like no one ever said to me, like, you know, your symptoms. I mean, we understand the concept of psychosomatic symptoms. Like I definitely diagnose that in children all the time, right? They would come in with chronic headaches and we would check them out and we'd be like, "Mm, this is probably just like stress or like maybe they're really nervous at school or, you know, things like that. I mean, that's like a very, very common thing, but it's just, we kind of left it at that. Like there wasn't, it was in my mind, it was like something that was kind of related to being young. Like, I, I think I share this yeah. with you too. Like when I was in college, my second semester is when I took a uh, freshman year is when I took organic chemistry and I, I wasn't even pre-med at that time. So I didn't, you know, really even care about like, Oh, I got to get an A or whatever to be able to go to, to, you know, to go to medical school, but I did want to do a good job. And so I, it was just like the college I went to, was just like super hard. I think it's pretty much super hard everywhere, but it was like, it, especially difficult there. And we had our midterm tests like midterm. So it had been probably what, like two months or something that we'd been back in school. And for those two months, I had had such incredible abdominal pain. I couldn't eat. I lost a bunch of weight. My clothes were like falling off of me. I remember sitting in the cafeteria with my friends and they're being like, are you going to eat? I'm like, God, every time I eat, my stomach just hurts so bad. And Mm. uh, I just, you know, I was busy studying. I kept thinking like, oh, I don't have time to go to the health clinic to get it figured out. Like I'll, I'll figure it out later or thinking like it'll pass, whatever. It never passed. And so finally I thought, okay, well, let me get through these midterms and then I'll set up an appointment to go to the health clinic. Cause I thought too, they're probably going to want to do some imaging or something like it's going to turn into this thing. And, and of course, even then I was like, no, I you know, don't want to, don't want to not be achieving or whatever. And I'll just so block I just, it. <laughs> I'll just block it. Exactly. And so I, so I ended up taking that test and I remember it was like in a couple of hours I had that appointment and I remember just like being like, oh my gosh, my stomach is better. better after I took that midterm test. And I made that connection. Like I was so stressed out about this class and this test that I actually made my stomach hurt so bad that I lost, I don't know, I didn't have a scale. So I don't know how much I I, I lost, but I like lost a considerable amount of weight, like probably at least like 10, 15 pounds. And so, so even then, you know, technically I was an adult, I was like probably 18, 19, but so I, it's like, I am so aware that my emotions can create symptoms in my body, but I just never made the connection that it could be like my allergies, which I didn't develop until medical school, interestingly, right? Uh-huh. Um, or, you know, like my, you know, aches and pains or different things that I have. So I think making that connection, it's like, I already have that. I'm like, yeah, I know that my brain is so powerful that it can make my yes. hurt so bad that I can not eat for two months, you know? And yeah. And you think um, something's medically right. going on. Exactly. 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 I think it's, can I just say like, it's yeah. interesting too, that like, I think it's good to point out that it doesn't have to be like a really traumatic life experience or like you had a really horrible childhood right. because I think that's sometimes what people think with with psychosomatic, that it might just be reserved for just a little part of the population that have had trauma in their past or, you know, things that are really big. Like it's common. This is yeah. psychosomatic, you know, displays of, of pain or disease or just feeling. 
It's common. It's common with everyone. I think everyone at some point has some kind of physical manifestation in their body, whether or not it's, you know, something that's chronic for years and years, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's only reserved for these people who have, you know, problems mentally, which is something I kind of thought, you know, psychosomatic makes it almost sound like, you know, you're not quite right in the head. You need some, (laughs) you need to do some work. And that's kind of our society's view of, of mental health and mental wellness is, you know, if you're just an average person, you shouldn't have these problems. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, you know, I think, I think that's a really good point that you're making because I think it's really easy for us to kind of think like, well, I have nothing to complain about, or like there's real people who have real problems, you know, like I didn't have any trauma, but I think, you know, what, what helped me is understanding like, you know, anytime, particularly as a child that I wanted a certain response, you know, from my parents or from, you know, whoever was around me and I didn't get that response, whatever it may be, right? Like what I really, I was really, really scared. And maybe, you know, my parents didn't realize, or they didn't know exactly how to help me you know, like for instance, right? Like with the swim lessons, like next week, we're back at it again. Like, I didn't feel like I had any agency over finding a different, you know, instructor or anything else. And I don't blame, it's not about like blaming people. Like my right. mom should have done anything different. Although in my journaling, maybe I could spend a little time there, right? Like, like going, oh, like, yeah. should have blah, blah, blah. Like that's the place for that. But, but just looking at it, like if at any time in your life, I mean, not even just your childhood, right? Like in your whole life, people didn't respond to you in the way you would have liked them to, or things didn't go the way you would like them to, like that's enough to create something like this. And so if yeah. you were a human alive on this earth, like that has happened to you in yeah, some way, shape exactly. or form, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I've also talked about on the podcast before how I really felt like, especially when I first found all this coaching work, I was like, you know, listen, I'm like a totally like even keel emotionally person. And I realized, oh, well, that's because, you know, I emotionally eat, right? But I still think, I think also though, it's like, it's that plus the added layer of like, I'm a master emotional repressor and, yeah. cre- you know, instead creating symptoms in my body. So, so What I've been working on then is like, you know, do I need to try to figure out a way to actually feel these emotions more or do I just allow the physical symptom to be the indicator to me? Like, oh, hey, you should probably check out X, Y, Z thing, you know, like that's hurting. Something's going on for you. And I think I'm, you know, still working through that. I think I'm just looking at it like being open to either way. Like if it ends up being that like my body finally feels safe to just stop creating, you know, having the pain, like my brain doesn't need to create the pain anymore. And I feel the emotions instead, like that's cool. Also, if it just ends up being like, I I just learned the code of like, when this hurts, something's going on, I should spend some time addressing it. Like that's cool too. And being open to either one. Yeah, I think sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to be an angry person. I haven't been an angry person. I've been, you know, maybe not feeling that anger. And to bring that up feels kind of scary because they think, well, what's going to happen if I just start letting all of that out and realize there is some anger there? Is that going to just, you know, be my new personality? And just because you have those emotions doesn't mean you need to react them with anger. And I think most people really just find that it's very cathartic to realize that they have that anger and just express it through writing or through talking it out through coaching. And then it's not an issue. It's not like you 
go around feeling angry all day. Right. Or like you like can't control little, it, like you're blowing up yeah, on people. No. I think actually the more you repress it, the yeah. more likely you are to be blowing up on people. Right. right? Because it's you don't even know what's going you're holding on. down. Yes. yes. Yeah. You're repressing it for so long that all of a sudden it just bubbles to the surface and you're lashing out at people and you don't even know why, which a hundred percent happens to doctors. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I can just think about, you know, or it's like the, the doctor's like snapping, you know, biting someone's head off or whatever. Right. It's like, there's so much repression that I think, you know, like there's so much like professionalism and like, you can't really say what you mean and you can't, you know, like you're afraid that you're like for this patient or that you made a mistake or whatever. We can't let any of that show. It's just like stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down. And, um, and so I just think that this, this work and what we're talking about just goes hand in hand. I think there's going to be so many people listening who are like, oh yeah, like I have, you know, an overeating issue and I also have, you know, these symptoms or, you know, pain or whatever, you know, other kind of thing. And, you know, putting these pieces together. Like I said, I mean, it was really just what, like six months ago that I was learning this stuff where I'm like, okay, Betsy, you lost me. I don't know. <laughs> like, <I> what? know. <laughs> it's just like not working for me. And now it's like completely changed my whole life. So for that, I would really like, thank you so much. I mean, I cannot <laughs> even tell you how appreciative I am, you know, for, for how all of it came together. Right. Because like we, yeah. how could we have ever planned this? That's why I'm like, seriously, I was guided to work with you, right? That yeah. you would post that oh, and yeah. it wouldn't get taken down and I would happen to see it and I would happen to respond and I ha- would happen to not, you know, be in quarantine and not be able to go see the doctor and, and all of that. Yeah. Like that was not random. I don't think. <laughs> so, so grateful <laughs> I think so to too. You. No, it's been amazing watching that change in you because definitely, like I said, you're, it's like, when you have these things now, you're not scared at all. It's like this confidence and this curiosity and this almost like motivation to figure out what's going on. And it's really fun to see, like, I haven't even suggested some of the things that you've taken on. Like you just told me, I stopped my allergy medicine and I stopped my, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, Katrina, awesome. But it's like, you know, when you start becoming more of a healthy person and maybe start an exercise program and then you start eating more healthfully and you start drinking more water and you just kind of get that little bit of momentum. It's like, you really, I've seen you change like that. You've taken that, those first steps. And then you're like, what else can I do? Like, what else can I try that I've never, you know, I haven't done in 20 years. Maybe I can do yoga. Maybe I can right. go on right, these I bike told, rides right. with my family. I told you, I'm like, yoga, like my body doesn't feel great after I do yoga. And you're like, how about you go try it with the intention of not, ha- you know, not having that experience. Yeah. And I'm like, so it turns out my body does fine with yoga. <laughs> what do you know? Like, I know. What do you know? Our, right? our thoughts yeah. are so powerful. Yes, I, I totally. think we just take for granted that these physical things are just in the sea line. They're just circumstances. Yes, yes. But what if they're thought? What if they're not? Right. And that's what, what I think. Like, I think I was that. so convinced yes. of their factualness, <laughs> right? Like it just took ah. time to crack that open for me to be able to, to work through that. Yeah. I mean, I just think that like, even, even for those who are listening, if they're like, well, I don't have this, this, you know, situation myself, like, you know, you might be thinking of patients that you have that struggle. I know just in talking with some of my clients, like the, the people who do women's health are like, oh my gosh, the women with like, you know, chronic cystitis or chronic pelvic pain, or like, you know, any kind of symptoms that just don't seem
seem to resolve, oh, yeah. that seem to just continue on, or people are kind of, you know, failing like the general course of treatment. They're kind of going down that whole path, trying all the different things and like nothing really seems to be working. Or as soon as they solve one problem, now there's the next problem. It's just, it's, yeah. I think it's just good for doctors to at least even be aware that this kind of work exists just to be able yeah. to, I mean, right. Cause it's not gonna be for everyone. And some people are going to say that this is total, you know, made up BS and whatever, and that's fine. Right. <laughs> that's okay. Sure, but just even sure. just knowing that it exists and, and being aware of a different option, I think is, you know, the main purpose of, of, you know, you coming on. And then also just so that people yeah. know, like, I mean, you don't have to do this yourself. Like I'm telling you all, ne- I would never have figured out that emotional heartburn thing if it wasn't for sitting with you and really, you know, eyes closed, getting in there, describing it, understanding it and getting so connected to it. So anyways, yeah. they, people can totally reach out to you for extra help. So tell everybody. So first of all, you have a podcast. It's called, yes. it's called Unstoppable Body and Mind. Unstoppable, Unstoppable Body, and Mind. Body and Mind. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And then I have a website, bodyandmindlifecoach.com. And I'm on Instagram as bodyandmindlifecoach. So you can reach out to me any of those places. Great. We'd love to, you know, at least talk to you or message you if you have some questions specifically, like this worked for Katrina, but what about my situation? Because we all think that, right? We're all like, yeah, yeah, but I really have, you know, like I've got this severe problem. But my doctor said this. And honestly, I wanted to mention this earlier too. They've done MRI research on people who have no pain and found bulging discs in their back, found rotator cuff tears, found tears in their meniscus. So there might be some structural things that we have going on that we assume, you know, if someone has pain, we look at their back and we find that bulging disc. But most of the majority of people walking around who are over age 40 have some kind of structural changes to their body. We just don't do those MRIs unless they're having pain. So even having something structural doesn't necessarily mean that you will have a lifetime of pain. Yeah. That's so powerful, right? Cause you're having pain and then you go and you look and like, Oh, there's a bulging disc, right? It's like the chicken and the egg. We just assume like, yes. Oh, the cause of this is a bulging disc, but yeah, you may not actually know that. And you know, that there's so many stories like people with terrible spondylolisthesis who are like living totally normal, active lives, no pain at all, even though their MRI is like a, you know, a dumpster fire, right? Like there's like, a, yes. right. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like just because you have those structural changes doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be experiencing, you know, the symptoms that you are, the pain, the chronic pain that you're experiencing. And I just think too, that chronic yeah. pain, like when you're living in chronic pain, it makes it harder to stop overeating, especially if, you know, overeating or drinking is one of your ways of being able to get through your day or reward yourself for getting through your day. You know, especially doctors are not going to be wanting to take, you know, tons of narcotic pain medication or things like that. It's really hard yeah. to stop overeating when that's your way of, of dealing with, the discomfort and pain that you might be feeling yeah. you know, all day long. It goes so. hand in hand. It really, it really, really does. does. We're yeah. a mind and a body. It exactly. makes sense. It totally it does. makes sense. Yeah. And I think there's way more people who have chronic pain than you know, you would realize, I mean, like, I think I'm the kind of the prime example. Like if you, you know, I didn't yeah. lead with that, you know, I wasn't like, and I'm someone who has fibromyalgia, you know, I was just like, yeah. oh, well, I got this diagnosis, but I refuse to believe that that is <laughs> what's going on for me. You know, like, that's not really, you know, what I identify with, but at the same time, I was still experiencing those symptoms, you know, right. all the time. So, and yeah. just so much fear. 
just right, so much fear exactly. about what I could and couldn't do. And mm-hmm. totally. yeah, so, it limits so your life. You will do a free call with people too, right? Like you'll like yeah. set up like a, a whole consult so you can decide whether it's yes. like a good idea to work together or not. So just so people know, like, yes. it's like no strings attached, it's like completely free. And you guys, you know, if you feel like it's a good fit, you guys can talk yes. about working together. But yeah, um, I'll yeah. give you a lot of good advice, regardless yeah. of if you yeah. decide to yeah. buy a coaching package or continue with me, but definitely, and, and just evaluating, are you a good fit? Right. You know, exactly. it does this sound like something that would, would be possible for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just love to, I think, you know, one thing that, that kept me going with you is the fact that you're a physical therapist, right? Cause <laughs> like, if you were just like some random person, I think I would have been like, listen, she doesn't understand, but I'm like, no, but like, she's trained in yes. musculoskeletal thing. Like this is her right? jam. That's my jam. Yeah, yes. She knows all this stuff and she's still like on board with this. Okay. I'm going to hang in there longer. Right. So oh, anyway, yes. I know all of the pieces fit. I think it was a, a series yes. of fortunate events that yes. brought us together. <laughs> exactly. It, it exactly. Just happened the best possible way. So, so awesome. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a part of this with me. Thank you for changing my whole life. And I really hope that everyone who's listening, who resonates at all, in any way that they all are able to get the help that they need. Uh, Me too. It's my pleasure. And I think everyone deserves to at least know that this is an option for them. Totally. Thank you so much, Betsy. Thank you. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.